time a black woman writes their story, they are resisting marginalization. This is according to Dr. Atambile Masola on her review of Barbara Masikela's memoir, Polipoli. A very warm welcome to this year's eighth installation of the e-lounge. Today we are honored to be joined by Barbara Musima Masekela in review of her book titled Polipoli. Mam Barbara is an activist, an academic, educator, a poet, political ambassador, mother, and author. She has served as the ambassador to the United States, France, and has held various executive and non-executive directorships, including the Standard Bank of South Africa, the SABC, and DBS. She has been praised for her excellent contribution to the eradication of the apartheid and the development of new South African values. Polipoli, which in Isindebele means a ladybird, the lucky omen, or great messenger, is a memoir that embraces her childhood search for identity, a journey of discovery into the lives of those who gave her life, an exploration of her roots, her history, and the events that shaped her life. Mam Barbara has been described as a woman of virtue who has inspired many women. The title of a book, Polipoli, tells a story of an extraordinary South African and the lesser known social history of people, of families, communities, and places. It's a remarkable history that speaks to African identity, close family bonds, belonging, struggle, and sacrifice, women's rights, as well as femininity. Insights and inspirations stimulate great conversations. The e-lounge is one of our platforms anchored on our values of learning and leadership. We do hope that you will tune in, you will engage, and take away the knowledge from this great conversation. And remember, those who desire to lead should read. We are like children. We are painted on canvases. We're picking up shade as we go. We start with gesso, brushed on by people we know. Watch your technique as you go. Step back and admire my, and admire my view. Can you use the colors that I choose? Do I have a say in what you use? So goes the jazz song. We're painted on canvases. Now, my guest today said, yes, we're painted on canvases, but I will tell my story. I will tell it with the shades that I choose. I will tell it, I'll make a difference about you know, the hues that you choose. And for that matter, she has wrote a book telling an incredible story, an incredible story that not only straddles uh, the politics of our country, the issues of land, the issues that have to do uh, with women, but she said to me, today we will be talking about everything and anything is on the table. Mama Barbara Masigela, the author of the book, Poli Poli. Welcome, Ma. It is such an honor. You can even see today I'm wearing a tie. I normally don't come with a tie, but it is that much of an honor that I, I have one of our, our esteemed guests. My guest today is, an, you know, if, if, if I were to describe or even read uh, the CV itself, it would take the whole show, and it would be the, um, the source of many questions that I would have. But 
She's a poet, she's an educator, a mother and an activist, and a former ambassador uh, as a whole. And, and incredible people have come off these hands. Mama, who is Barbara Masike? I am the daughter of Thomas Selema Masekela, who was uh, a sculptor, and Pauline Bowers Masekela, who was a social worker, and my grandmother, where I grew up in Whitbank, Johanna Mabena Bowers. So I am those people, and in fact, my whole book is about that. It, it's about... We are what we come from. Uh, and uh, when I was faced with the, with the task of writing a book about myself, I felt that writing about myself chronologically was, would be one of the most boring things that anybody could do. And that actually... The woman who raised me, my grandmother, Joanna Mabena, uh, uh, is probably my most primary influence. And that I did not understand her as a child. Um, I felt that she was stern, that she was cruel, that she was um, holding back a lot of things. Um, and it never, you know, I, I didn't understand, I, I felt that in order to understand myself, I have to understand her. And, but at the time, it didn't occur to me, even as I grew older, to delve deeper into into her life. Because I think for all of us, we are more interested in the things that, as we say, will, you know, make us progress in life, rather, in the stay, rather than in the staid kind of establishment things from which we come. And I think that I can say as a child growing up, perhaps even up to adulthood, it was all out there and not where you came from. Yeah. It was never about where you came from. It was always about what you can achieve by going away to school, by going overseas. The things that were worthwhile were things that were from abroad. And we valued those people who came from abroad, although we mocked them too in the townships, you know. But uh, that was the whole thing. And even up to today, you know, you, I can write this book. Until people overseas say it's a good book, probably people won't buy it and read it. But if it were to be a bestseller, in America, then it will definitely be a bestseller here. And I think our lives are like that. Our music, what we wear, it's changing. Look, it's, it's, it's not absolute. It's changing. But I think for the most part, we... We still have um, that admiration for things that are not of us, but that, that are from somewhere else. And um, I'm going to write about this in, in my next book. But when I was ambassador uh, 
to France. One of the hardest things, I, 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 the hardest task I had was to convince my government that France was important. Mm. You know, because France was not part of of our everyday life. It was England. So the center was England. Everybody was going through London, to London, you know. But uh, it was, it took a while for France to really become an important place. Mama, on that note, mm -hmm. this book, as I was reading through it, and I said, this is an incredible catalog. It's actually, a, it, it, it's a it's not a footnote in history, but it's, it's the history of our people. It is an important book to me, and probably with me, uh, 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 you know, being a Mutukwa, you know, being a Tloyama Tebele, uh, I learned a whole lot more from this book than anything else um, about the history that came before the Nationalist Party, the history that came before... 1912, the history that is before the formation of the African nationalism in itself. Now, it is an important book in that sense because in, as you, you refer to her as May Oma, mm -hmm. in May Oma's story and in the untold bits, mm -hmm. there's also a very key story that sits in all of this. Now, that's an important part of what they call it, of the story of Mama Babra Masekela. The, the one question I'm sitting with, and that, that is a reflection of the book, is how do we get people to tell those stories, the stories that came before? Well, I mean, the stories can be told as much as possible, but if they are not taught in schools, if they don't become part of the fabric of the society, then it's, it's hopeless. Because the story that we know yes. is the story of the past that has been defined by others. Uh, and this is not true of South Africa only, it's true all over yes. the, the world. Um, so as I was saying earlier, to my dying day, I think even on my deathbed, if I, somebody asked me, what are the three ships that landed at the Cape in 1652? I'll be able to say the Dromedaris, the Reicher, and the Hudehuop. Because that is the history I know. That is the history I was taught. So, um, yeah, the story of Oma has not been, of our Omas, has not been told. Because also if you see how they are portrayed throughout history, then you see there was a bias against them. And I go beyond the racial thing, just because they were women, they were black, um, uh, uh, and women were not important, you know. Um, but in fact, these are, these are the salt of the earth. These are the women who became the first urban dwellers because before there were no towns. But now there were towns where the mines were and these are the women who first 
lived in, 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 the, in the little towns before they became cities, you know. Uh, and these are the women who were regarded as being an impediment because the powers that were be were not interested in them. They were more interested in the labor because the story of South Africa is the story of labor. You know, so everything you read will be about black men and white men, etc. But it will not be about um, black women. And I think also, um, you know, historically, the, the the people who were totally dispossessed and who were totally dislocated. They fell away from the pages of history. Uh, I always tell people that, you know, sometimes my heart becomes so sore because at, at, during the festive season and certain holidays, people say they are going home. Mm. And they are going, some of them are going to villages where their forefathers lived originally. But if you came from Bronkospreit, or if you came from Middleburg, or if you came from all these little towns, you know, that were habituated, inhabited by Ndebeles and Zwanas and so on and all those there's nothing, there's nothing there that says, that says you, you know. Uh, so I have nowhere to go. So when I went to school in, the, in, 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 in Durban at Inanda Seminary, which was in the heart of, of, of the Zulu nation, uh, I was amazed because we grew up in urban areas. My grandfather was a missionary of the Lutheran Church. Our home was Valmanstal, where we used to go, maybe, and Rangisfontein, you know, and where, 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 of course, people were removed. Again, black people were removed by the group areas. And, um, yeah, I mean, people would say their praises, the praises of their families, you know. And even not only of their families, but of other families, because they're not supposed to get married into certain, you know. Yeah, but I, I was a typical urban child. My father was from Limpopo. My mother was from Wheatbank. We grew up in an urban area. The emphasis was on, you know, knowing Wordsworth and, and Yeats and all of that. Uh, uh, fashion, we grew up in the garment, you know, during that era when most black women worked in the garment factories, you know, so we're into fashion, you know, uh, we're into magazines like drum, those were drum, zonk, those magazines, they were the ones, and they told the urban story. You know, they told the urban story. So, um, yeah, if you came, my grandmother's story, the, the, the story of the Ndebele people is a heartbreaking story. And no, most people in South Africa don't know it. 
They laugh at the Ndebeles because the Ndebele language has got Shutu, Afrikaans, Zulu, Ven. It has got all the, you know, and that in itself is an indication of displacement and dislocation. But the, the, the true story of the Ndebele people and how brave they are and how their land was taken bit by bit from the time of the, the coming of the foretrackers, you know, who they were friendly to, who they, they agreed to, yeah, you can have this piece of land or you may work on this piece of land. Uh, but that was later on interpreted as you sold the land to us, you know, uh, 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 and the gifts that were given, with, they were now turned into tributes that, yeah, you gave us cattle because you were paying tribute to our might, you know. Um, so the Nevele people lost everything. This uh, um, prison in Pretoria is called Chief Mamburu. Yeah, yeah. He was... Um, the succeed, he succeeded uh, he succeeded Sikukuni, but he assassinated you know he was the assassin of, of Sikukuni. Uh, Sikukuni would not give in to the missionaries. He did not want them on the land there. He said, no, you cannot have a mission. So they all had missions in Middleburg. They had, that is, the Berliners had 13, 36 missions in that area. And, um, yeah, so um, there was a chief called Nyabela of, of, of the Ndebele people. He was one of the, they, much of their land had already been taken by then because it started really in the 18th century. So um, Nyabela, the South African Republic demanded, Mamburu fled to hide in Nyabela's uh, territory, the Ndebele territory. Then the South African Republic insisted that he should give up Mamburu. Mm. He wouldn't give up Mamburu. So they came and arrested both of them. And these were both chiefs. They arrested both of them and punished them in front of their, you know, uh, the people that they ruled and took them to Pretoria. Mamburu was executed. Nyabela, they released after a while. Uh, but he was not allowed to be among his people. And in many ways, if you read Nyabela's story, it's like the story of Mandela, whose name could not be mentioned, whose face could not be seen. Uh, in my book, I say he was the Mandela of that era. And, um, yeah, so he, he was released as an ordinary man, and he was going from village to village, and, of course, his people, but he was not allowed to bring the Nebele people together again. Mama, when we tell the story of the land, and we tell it as we tell it today, 
there is a, 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 an omission, and an omission that you just raised now of, you, you know, we talk about the people who were surplus, but we, we, we tend to omit the story of the women of this country. And, 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 you know, Omar's story and could have been, I mean, as I read through the book and I could almost see any of my grandmothers in, 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 no, in it, that story. No, it is their story. Um, and, Absolutely. And, 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 and to me, I was able to reflect back mm -hmm. with, with much greater delight. As you say, you know, my grandmother was a very stern woman. Mm -hmm. um, she raised, uh, uh, you know... But remember uh, what was in her consciousness. Yes. She remembered all of that because you see, like uh, my grandmother, by the time she was 13, mm -hmm. they didn't have land anymore. She was working in a kitchen on a farm yes. in that Middleburg area, you know, near Wheatbank. The Buchabelo Mission Station was there, mm. and they were the really like the interlocutors mm. for the South African Republic. Yeah. Mm. Um, and they had gone to church, you know, they... They, they, they converted. Yeah, yeah, because they had no land anymore. And you see, they grew up at a time when this conquest was very new. It was not like, it was like, and people, you know, I mean, maybe during apartheid, you had laws that you, people were banned, people could not speak. But even in those days, you could, you, you were now living and working on the land that used to be yours, was not yours anymore. And you couldn't just talk about and say, oh, about so-and-so is very cruel mm -hmm. because you were always looking over your shoulder because you lived and worked there with the people. You were there. And if you were a share, sharecropper, you know, you worked part of the work that the, the, the harvest that you had, you had to give to the new owner of the land, which was probably your land mm -hmm. before. But also, you, we, we should remember that um, in those days, nobody owned land. It belonged to the, 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 the group, uh, um, and it was held in custody by, by the chief. By the chief. Yes. So anybody who came there, if they had people, the other thing I wanted, the other thing I wanted to put across, I don't know if I succeeded about my book, is that there is no such thing as a pure South African, Joanna man or Debele or we are so mixed up. Yes. From those early days of the, uh, uh, you know, of 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 of, of the dispossession, mm. uh, people came from all over, and they were all rushing to come to Johannesburg, you know, because this was the. There were Americans, Australians, Indians, Chinese. Everybody came to Johannesburg to the gold rush. Yeah, to the gold. Mama.
You know, that, that's an important issue because if, as I reflected and I was reading the book mm-hmm. and, and, and remembering that my grandmother is from the Kagana family, my grandfather from the Kobe family comes from that line of the Yabelas, the, uh, the Mampurus and everybody else. So by its nature, uh, I come from, you know, what you refer to as royal blood in, in, in essence. And that's an interesting thing because in essence, as I grew up, I grew up with an understanding that you know, I am petty because my grandmother, just like Oma, raised my father as in the line of the petty. But in essence, I am actually in Debele, and the, what do they call it? The, 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 the lineage comes from that side. But my grandfather had gone to Pretoria to become a, what do they call it, a police captain there. And then ultimately he found he had another house there and he lived there more than he lived where my grandmother lived. And, and it's no different a story. But for me lies the power in telling the story of Polipoli and telling the story of Oma and telling the story of Barbara Masigela lies the fact that there are women who stayed behind in this dispossession. In this dispossession, when we say today, uh, uh, Mama Babrama Segala, the poet, uh, you know, the educator, the ambassador, there was a woman who stood behind there and said, I will raise this child as a proper child. Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing is the story you tell of how, you know, she ran the tavern. Mm-hmm. You had activities that you had to do, but when the tavern was in full swing, you were not allowed to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just an incredible story. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. let's, let, let's go back to the place and, of the and, and you know, the, the thing that I want to distinguish here is that there were taverns and taverns, yes. just as you have today. Yes. Um, the taverns that my the tavern that my grandmother and some other grandmothers had was really ideally for the mine workers because we lived in a mining town a coal mining town so they would come and drink and go but there were other taverns that's why you have expressions like uh, that's why you you know that's why you have the, these terms like she been queen they're quite different they're quite different from these old women who decide that they are not gonna work in the kitchens or do laundry they are going to have their own independent businesses the original entrepreneurs, yes. the original female entrepreneurs of South Africa. And, but we never tell the story no, like that. No. And, and, and I think in Polipoli, you, you raise the profile of, of what do they call it, of, of, of such women, and for us to be able to acknowledge them as the original entrepreneurs of what do they call it. And I find it quite strange that we sometimes talk about uh, empowering women to start our own businesses. When our history is one that is littered with women who were who, who decided they will not work in the kitchen and they will run mm-hmm. there. For, by necessity, the tavern was run by necessity more than yeah. anything else. Yeah. Now, Absolutely. And then when the, when the apartheid government decided that they were going to run beer halls yes. as a, 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 one, a controlling thing, but two, also for revenue, mm-hmm. they really then destroyed 
the businesses of these of these women mm. because now the women had to compete you know and and, and and of course they were able to 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 really be a threat to them because they they would arrest them too mm. you know to make sure that they didn't compete with them yeah but this was i say in 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 my book that you know, going to, 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 to the tavern, to my grandmother's tavern. And it was like going to your club for the working men or to the pub. Mm. You know, it was a, a, a social thing because you know there, they, you'll go there with your buddies. They will be chatting about various things. And these old women were very strict. Mm. Because I remember very clearly as a small child, I remember the expression of, Watch your mouth, I'm raising a child here. So you can't just, and uh, you know, like, and, and, and women were not allowed in her tavern the, because she was not having any of that. Of you know. She stuff. just wanted money for herself and whoever came to her house had to behave in a certain manner. And when, if you reached a certain point, you were told it's time for you to go now. And if you did not, my grandmother would pick you up and go and throw you out of the gate. Because that's how she, she was only about five feet tall, but she was as strong as a lion, yes. as I say in the book. <laughs> I chuckled as one of the colleagues. As I read the line, you say, oh my, I used to wake up very early. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only to, you know, because she was just raised like that, but just to check that there was no <laughs> things that had been going on and what they call on, 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 on her, her pro- yard, yeah, on her property. And I thought, I actually know a few uh, old ladies like that. <laughs> it was an incredible. But through that, there was a, a level of discipline. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and we must acknowledge the role that or they call it, that, that their grandmothers played in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not only raising the generation that came before now, mm-hmm. but raising the generation that freed us, mm-hmm. the generation that was conscious enough to be able to say, I will not sit here, mm-hmm. uh, I will leave the country and go and study and learn so mm-hmm. that we get ready to govern. Um, and, and all of that. And it's a personal sacrifice that you've made. But the question I always have with, with, with these things is the turning point. You know, you, you, you are at a point where you're picking up bits and pieces as Omar and Ceci, they speak to each other about the olden days um, and the challenges that had been there. And then you were allowed to read the newspaper, you know, to the miners and all of that. It, how much did that play, you know? The, 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 and, and, and I want to get to the point of storytelling and being able to connect all these things. But how much role did that play in building up the consciousness? Oh, it, it absolutely, because remember, these were workers. I also speak about the urban workers, like there was Uncle Bassi, yes. who, was a, who worked at the local dry cleaner. Yes, you yes. Know, and you know, when I was growing up, work, working class men mm. always used to have a, a newspaper it, it may not have been today's newspaper, but when they found a newspaper, they put it in their back pocket 
or, and that newspaper was read by many, many, many people. Um, I mean, when, when apartheid came in, I mean, you know, it, it's like when, when Malan became the first president of South Africa, his name was on everybody's lips because they knew. And the word apartheid, they knew, you know, it was because, you know, people talked and people learned. And, you know, um, a school principal in the, those days was like an elder mm. of the, you know, and people went there to teachers and nurses and, you know, school. They went to them to get advice. You know, and so the few social welfare workers and so on. So um, you, you knew everybody and everybody knew each other and people had community responsibilities. Nobody said, no, you can't come in. You know, if you came in and said, I, I received a letter from my son, I don't understand that. And tell me, what is he talking about, you know? Mm. Or can, can I respond to him? Or how can I, my son has been arrested in Johannesburg, what do, you know, things like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. now, that is an important part of, of, of what the ones who stayed behind. Mm -hmm. When men came to the mines here in Joburg mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. everywhere else, mm -hmm. the, the, somebody had to maintain the mm -hmm. family and, 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 and to me, we need to tell that story mm -hmm. and, and, and tell it not as, you know, the ones that got left behind, the mm -hmm. ones that couldn't mm -hmm. read or the ones that couldn't read English mm -hmm. and all of that. Th there is a role that they play. Absolutely. I mean, when you speak about Uma and how a lot of the money she ordered the college, she was making, she was paying for your mother to become a social worker. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and that is an incredible story that mm -hmm. is, is, is part of, the, the whole continuum as we're talking about history and, and the history of South Africa in, in, in essence. And, and when you talk about the role of women in society, it, it, it's a story that needs to be told. Yeah, but you know you don't find the story. You, you really don't find that story anywhere. You know, as I said before, you, you find a lot of other stories, but... Um, that story of women, and, and, and when you read some research papers by scholars of that age, it's heartbreaking because these women, as I said before, they were, they were regarded as an impediment. You know, they were in the way of production and all of that. Um, uh, they were, they, because nobody thought that that worker who who, who is slaving in the mine needs to have some sort of um, re recreation. Mm -hmm. It's only later on that they, they, they would have the dances, yes. you know, what they call the tribal dances in the mines, you know. But those men were literally underground, up out of the ground maybe for two or three hours, then they have to sleep because the compound closes at, at nine o'clock so that they can get up early and go and work again, you know. So, um, yeah, it, it, and unfortunately, unfortunately, we have persisted 
in that in that way because we have not provided any recreational facilities for the millions of people who live in those crowded townships. You know, when, when, when that um, uh, tavern burned in Eastern Cape and those children uh, lost their lives, you know, everybody was up in arms against the tavern owner. Mm. And my question was, where should those children go? They've written their exams, they've finished, they live in a particular place. There is no cinema for them there. There's no swimming pool for them there. There are no sports grounds for them there. There is no uh, uh, active effort to provide them with after-school activities at the best of times. For, I mean, a child coming from primary school now with two parents working, where do they go? Yes. They're on their own. They're in the street. Until there is somebody at home. You know, we have not provided the, And those... Those are more than extracurricular activities. Yes. The, th those after-school places, those community places, are really places where you have continued education. You know, not necessarily in a formalized manner, but that's where your education about your community, about yourself, that's where you get that education. And I talk in my, my I, I write in my book about Endogosweni Family Welfare Center yes. in Alexandria. It was um, a model, a model of uh, a social, you know, intervention mm. in a, in a, a troubled community that provided for little children, for children, school-going children, for women, uh, for bo young boys. You know, so it provided something for everybody, including health facilities, you know. And those are the kinds of things we need today in South Africa. We need, uh, we need those kinds because, look, I think that we have to admit that when, when, when uh, we came into government and into democracy, uh, there were so many priorities that had to be filled. It would have been impossible for anybody, for any government, to, to do everything mm. at the same time, you know. But I think that the thing that was least, least taken care of were, were those things that enhance the mental life of people, that keep that spark burning in the brain that make you feel, ah, I've never, that, that brings surprise, you know, into your life, that bring enthusiasm, a spontaneity, that feed your imagination, 
you know. Mama, the, you know when we talk about the the the, the omas, the gogos, mm. bukuku, and mm. all of that. For me, when I look back at it, you know, my grandmother worked, you know, what they call it, in, in, in white people's houses so mm. that my father could actually acquire his uh, teacher's diploma, which was the initial bit. Now, and my, what do they call it, my aunts could actually acquire their uh, matric and then ultimately study further. The story of African women is a story of hope, but we've never told it like that. It's a story of, 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 of a group of people that had always had hope for better. For, for, for them, it was about, I mean, Oma's story is about her being able to raise the money so that, you know, her daughter could go to the social uh, work, school the school of social work. And for me, that, that it's... It's a sense we've lost as a nation. And, and maybe I'm not seeing it as, as, as the way it was set up in the order they call it in, in, in the past. It, it, yes, you've said that came from the pain that they had carried with them. I think you write eloquently about it in order they call it, that it is, it is that burden that they had carried that brought us to where we are. But beyond that, what? Where, where did that hope and what do they call it, and that deep drive come from? what we have done. Yes. Right now, there's always, I know that when I meet with my peers and younger women, there's always that debate about the children that we've raised. What did we say? We said, we don't want our children to go through what we went with. Yes. So if we earned a little more money, we bought them cars, we sent them to, you know, better schools, we let them leave the schools in the township, they went to Model C schools, we give them money on weekends to go and roam around in the malls and so on. Um, and as a result, they have a life that is completely different from the generation that came before that came before and the generation mm -hmm. that came even before that uh, um, and um, look many of them have achieved very highly in a way that we could never have achieved because mm -hmm. we didn't have the opportunity um, but at the same time, we find now with the economic situation being what it is, you know, in my day, the mantra was, you must have an education. Yes. You must, if you don't have an education, you have nothing, you are nothing. Yes. Today, can you tell a child that get off the street and go and get an education because an education is everything? No. Because many of the unemployed are educated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you know, um, yeah, we we, we 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 and we are responsible for for that. But in my mother's time, mm. 
it was very important for my grand because my mother had gone to Kilnaton, she had the T3 or whatever they called it, you know. Uh, she, but somehow my mother heard about the school, this new school that had opened. Mm. And she felt that there. Uh, no, so she went and begged her mother because she knew her husband had no money. He couldn't afford it, so my mother, my grandmother sent her to school. And that was the most important thing she did because she did not want her child to be like. She may have been a tavern owner, mm -hmm. but she didn't want us to be, be tavern, tavern owners because she didn't choose to be a tavern owner. It was something she had to do because it was the only available thing for her to do. You know, and somewhere, you know, I, I, I say in my book somewhere that, uh, you know, they, my grandmothers, they didn't learn about the condition of women in workshops. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and seminars yes. and conference. They, they were, they, mm -hmm. they lived it. And they knew more than anybody what it meant, you know. And, and the other thing that I, 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 I think is very important about my book is that I also talk about the question of um, colored people because my mother was a so-called colored, you know. Um, it's a very important thing that we don't discuss in South Africa. Somehow, you know, it happened and, it, and it's, it's there the somewhere. Side, yeah. The less we talk about it, the more, you know, the better. Mm. No, we're all black. You know. You know, and then the other thing is that you go to a colored township and you see the people, but you go to an African township and you see people who look like those people yes, that you exactly yeah. like that. Yeah. Yes. And, and somehow it's it's something that we haven't tackled. We shy away from it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 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 it, it's an it's an important part of of our story as a nation. It's an important part of what do they call it, of you know the women of South Africa because you know in, in in certain cases you find that you know they had husbands who were white or of a different race, and and you know that intermingling had its own challenges and when apartheid developed that became more complicated. Mm. And the ability to live in the same place was not mm. even allowed. And and and, and the, the book intermingles that with the story, the fundamental story that sits below all of this is that, you know, I think you say in the book, uh, men disappear and men eventually come back home to come and get buried. Mm. Uh, so they, they, they eventually, we as women, have to carry on with what has to be done. Absolutely, absolutely, because men did. They did, you know. And, and, and in our traditional outlook, they were the authorities because we all come from a, a patriarchal society. And this is what I say in my book, too, that one thing we have in common as South Africans, whether we are white or black or what, is that we come from patriarchal society, you know. And, uh, uh, and, 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 and patriarchy was just 
even harder on those women, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because now they were heads of households, they raised children because the men were dead, but still, you know, in every township, if somebody has passed away, they say, mm-hmm. And then that is so and so will come because he is the elder, you in know. The mm, 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 mm. So, uh, and the women knew how to 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 um, proceed with their lives under patriarchy, you know. Uh, and actually, you find that they very subtly led the way. Because mm. by the time the men came to decide, they had been fed with the background by the, by the women, you know. And you actually write clearly, they already had a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that they were following the customs of our people. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to the customs of our people, I, 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 I actually chuckled when... Uh, you know, in the beginning of the book that you, you write or you were taught hukapa, you know, to... Hey, hey. Yes, and, 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 you know, uh, and, and Omar was saying you are becoming a good woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what do they call it? And, and, and the, the balance, and, and, and this is what... A romance. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the balance of, you know, being developed in the, the sense of understanding, mm-hmm. you know, the ways of our people. But yet at the same time, with the hope, and, and, and I, I, you know, maybe in my, in, in my engineering mind, I'm trying to process, mm-hmm. you know, trying to keep this going, and then yet at the same time running this at the same time. Um, yeah, well, my, my grandmother, um, you know, I mean, every, first of all, everybody was doing it. Yes. You know, everybody was using ubulong, ubuloko to clean around, uh, you know, and so on. And you know, when the chicken was slaughtered, you know, they were, you didn't just eat the meat. First of all, while it was cooking the meat, you know, they, they were also on the side cooking the eggs yes. that were not laying, but which were in the chicken and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we, we would be given that to mm-hmm. eat, you know. Um, so it, it was part of that, um, and as in my story, of course, I do this, and then it rains, and the rain washes away all of that. And, um, my, and mother, my mother arrives, and my mother is not impressed at all, you know. And my grandmother is very hurt, because whatever she tries mm. to do for me, it's backward, mm. you know. And, uh, uh, and uh, you know, but also somewhere in the book, I also talk about the fact of how acutely they wished education for us yes. because they were not educated. The story of hope. Yeah. So it's like a dialectic where you're giving up something, but they believe that you have to attain something else, you know, that is in the long run will probably become inimical to everything that they know, you know. Um, uh, and um, I talked somewhere also about the fact that 
we would just go crazy and hysterical when there was an aeroplane in the sky. Yeah. I mean, I, I, to, my, to this day, I don't understand why, you know. I mean, we would aeroplane, 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 you know. And, and, and in, 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 in retrospect, you know, to me, that is that children shouting and talking to the aeroplane mm. is like a metaphor mm. for all, oh. all the, you know, the talk that, the, but, but was anybody listening to that, you know? And, and, and you know, we, we, I think you referred to it as, as a dialectic way, you know, there's too many moving parts to me mm. because I look at Omar and I go, Omar sits on one moment and mumbles, you know, and selling wacho, you know, and and she believes that, you know, the 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 prophecy that the missionaries had brought sounds correct, and yet at the same time, she's a a a an activist, a social an entrepreneur who's not willing to work for anybody, and has a great hope for her kids through education. And I don't think we give the word of the God. We give women of South Africa and, and women. They're multidimensional. You know, they yes. are all these things. You know, they, they, but you know, when you read uh, the old sociological tracts and the anthropological tracts, or you read what the municipality people would say, they were prostitutes. Mm-hmm. They called them prostitutes. They were carriers of disease, mm. you know. And uh, they just messed up the labor. Yeah, they, they created the problem. Yeah, they, they created the problem, you mm. know. And so they were the lowest of the low. But yet at the same time, mm. the message they carried. And, and, and you know, you, when you, you are growing up now later in South Africa, mm. you read in, because we have the popular... You know, we have Dram and we have Zonk and we have the Golden City Post and the Bantu World and that's where. And you know, although these are tabloids that focus on crime and so on, but also they do write the stories of, you know, up and coming people in the townships, you know. And you read that uh, Modana got his degree uh, and you read in the popular newspaper that his mother sold eggs or whatever, mm. you know. Yeah. Because this was a, a, a recurring story because we could count the doctors. Yes. You know, we knew every doctor, we knew every minister of the church, you know. We knew anybody who had a who had accomplished something and who lived in the African community. We knew them, we knew everything uh, about them, you know. Uh, uh, so um, we, we knew, and those achievements were not viewed as individual achievement. They were achievements of everybody, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we respected them. It's it's later on now that we come to the big townships like Bo Alexandra and so on that you hear the word situation, mm. you know, where they 
they, 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 there is that kind of resentment. But it's a, it's a very superficial township mm. kind of uh, philosophy. Mm. And, and, and I think, I think that, that is what has really destroyed, not destroyed, but what, this is what can be eroded. Eroded, yes, eroded, eroded our society. Butle, Vabako, you know, everybody who comes from, you know, <laughs> and it's so superficial, <laughs> yes. you know, it has to do about whether you know what kind of shoes to buy, yes. what kind of suit, you know, to what wear. trousers, what are, you know, yeah. all these, whether you know, all very superficial things. But, but there's, 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 a, there's an old practice, and I, you know, I come from that old practice where uh, my parents went to work during the week, mm. and I go koha kuku. And mm. because we're not far from mm. each other, then on the Friday I get picked up again. Mm. Mm. And, and then the cycle repeats again. Mm. I see my parents all, all, over the weekend. But that instilled a sense in me, a completely different sense in me. Because in essence, had I grown up totally in the one part of, you know, um, location at that point in time, I would have been a completely different person. Because my perception of poverty, the, what do they call it, the, the, the lack of, uh, uh, of resources from mm. different people, mm -hmm. would have been different. Now we frown upon it, the, you know, the, the allowing the grandmother not only access to your children, but mm. you know, being able to allow them to, as, as uh, mama would say to you, or, no, that's backward, mm. and, and all of that. But th that is an important part mm. of raising a child, mm. because Part of it protects you from bootleg. Mm, 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 mm. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, there's another, and I think it's something that we need to look into, which is that, um, you know, children mm -hmm. want to be with their parents. Yes. There's no child who doesn't want to be with their mother. And no matter how we glorify, romanticize, bonkono, etc., the fact remains is that I, I grew up as a very isolated, lonely child mm -hmm. because I felt that my parents had left me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so what I'm saying essentially is that I don't think that we should we, we, we should undermine the reality mm -hmm. of the necessity of having uh, a balanced families yes. where children are raised as close as possible yeah. to yeah, their yeah. to their parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I'm in full agreement, Mama, mm -hmm. in, in, in order to in enabling that to happen. Mm -hmm. But should we do it? In order they call it in favor of the detachment that occurs, because there is also a detachment we need to talk about, and, mm. and, and that you know you talk about how 
you know, your other grandmother lived just down the road, mm -hmm. uh, Oma Sisi mm -hmm. lived down the road, and, mm -hmm. you know, that sense of community that is there, mm -hmm. and being in and around your cousins, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I remember when we used to do that, in December, we go down to working, mm -hmm. to, to, to my grandmother's mm -hmm. house, and all my cousins would We're all be there. there. Yeah. Yeah. With all, be, we would all be there, and, and that was always a, it, it, it's a moment in my well, life. Well, the, the thing record. is that we, we we then graduated into nuclear families, yes. which was all you know, we, 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 which was very um, what's the word? It, it, it we lost a lot, yes, because in that other atmosphere, you know, we we. You know, I talk about us going to Valmansdal and Borakadi yes. and all my aunts and uncles coming with their children. And that's where you're taught who you are. Mm. And, you know, I always say to people, you are not taught that you are better than other people. You are just taught about who you are. You are a masekela. Yes. And by masekela, they behave like yes. this, yes. you know. But that is being said in every family, mm. that you are so-and-so and this is how we behave, you know. But we, 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 we've lost that. We've lost that. Um, and, and that sense of... And it's the people. It's the people who come from those old societies which have remained intact. That is true. And, 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 and you know, I, I also want to talk about a, a, a story... The women of South Africa, and, and in particular black women, have a great sense of forgiveness. Mm. You know, the story of Carlo and Uma, mm. and, 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 and her cooking, mm. because Carlo is coming to town. Mm. Some of it was a bit, what do they call it, uh, 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 probably prophetic in the sense that what would happen to Carlo later on uh, would have given... Oma, that sense of what do they call it, of the fact that they had made peace. Yeah. The, 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 the women of South Africa and, and, and as a whole, in particular black women, have an mm. incredible ability to be able to forgive. And I think that that is the thing that, you know, because I was, Kalu is an example that has happened to almost every family. No, that has happened to almost every family. Elmi. You know, I also speak about when we were growing up about how they would talk about people we didn't know who were in Bronco Spade, who and were in, in yeah, some farm or uh, on the reef and yeah, all yeah, of that. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Because those were their relatives. But can you imagine how lonely those women were? They are cut off. There's no, you know. Uh, they're on their own. Mm. But can you imagine the bravery of going to Kimberley? Huh? Of saying, no, I've heard there's a new mine there. Mm. I'm going mm. there. I'm going to make money. And coming back with that money and building a house. And, and, and they not only went to Kimberley, others went to Leidenberg. Mm. They went all over the place. All over the place. But our story as it is right mm. now, Mama, right up until the book, mm. does not tell that the women of this country build these towns. Our story is a story of victimization. Yes. People write of how they were victimized. And that is, you know, that is where we should start, mm. that we have to stop there because... 
We survived, you know. We survived. We were not entirely victims. We were also actors in our own history. And, and uh, you know, we made it. And we made it because of those old women, you see. And, and, and here I'm also, you know, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't mind. You know, I guess it's an urban way of saying. But I don't find that somebody is respecting me when they say, "Oh, Macriza." I mean, you know, what Macogo? You mm. know, uh, I, I find that it's almost as though they are making a mockery. Mm. You know, of of my age. You know. Uh, uh, um, because we, I think we, we were raised with a different kind of perspective. Uh, we, we, we saw older people, uh, look, we were not holy, holy. We laughed at them, you know, we thought they were old fashioned and so on. But actually, we also really, when you said Coco, you meant you Coco. Meant yes. mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. you, you meant it, mm -hmm. I mean. Mm -hmm. For me, as Nakumanakuku, so uh, you would not touch me if my grandmother was around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, no matter how aggrieved you were, mm -hmm. if I was sitting there on, on, on my grandmother's lap, you would never. You will never. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and she would, you know, in her quiet way, she would always say to you, mm -hmm. "You are not going to do that." To mm -hmm. uh, you know, that kind of a thing. And uh, and that is the level of protection that also sometimes in this broken fabric of society that we have. Um, is, you know, the ability to know, but uh, I still remember the one year we disagreed with my father quite badly while I was still at university. Mm -hmm. What did I do? I picked up my things and I went to my grandmother's house. Mm -hmm. And I stayed there you, until... You had somewhere to go. Yes, I stayed there until right up until we could be able to talk to each other. And uh, once we had settled it and I was back in the house, but I had somewhere else to go. And we need to tell these stories because it is it is a part of our our fabric and and, and, and our society that we it's also lost to a great degree. Now I'm, I'm intrigued because you move from Kwakuk and into Alex. <laughs> yeah, into Alex, my dear. Yo. Alex, today, I mean, even today, I look at it and I go, as I was driving up, and I thought, in those days, too, it was scary. It was scary. And, and you know, the thing is, coming to, to the same thing is that there are things which we know about our society mm -hmm. that we don't talk about. Yes. Today, we talked about, mostly, we talk in terms of gender-based violence. It's not something new. There has always been gender-based violence in South Africa. And what I spoke about earlier, the lack of social facilities for people, is part of that. The, the lack of refuge. Mm -hmm. The lack of a place yeah. where... Mm -hmm. Because there's no one to catch you when you fall. And that, that is what those social welfare agencies are for there. Because nobody ought to actually and fall down. There should be always some effort that there are hands. There are hands that, so that you don't injure yourself.
Too brutally. The same as somebody I got in Nankai. Even if I lose everything in Kayahai, you know, the, the place to fall onto. But, Mama, you move. I call it the age of innocence where you were there in Kwakuka. And then you move into this hustle and bustle of a place. What keeps you solid through all of that? First of all, I had a very strong dad, yes. you know. I have a very strong father. With very colorful language. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, and even in, even at the, you know, we still have community. Yes. You know what I always say to people? I say to people, you know, we, it, it's something that we don't take into consideration. Mm. When I lived in Alexander Township because my father was the chief health inspector of Alexander Township. I knew mm. that the population of Alexander Township was 80,000 people. Mm. What is the population today? It's, it, it could be 10, 20 times that. Yes. But also the other thing is when I was growing up in South Africa, I think our population was uh, maybe 18 million people. About the yeah. Yeah. Today, what more than triple that? 55 million So, we, 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 we have increased by such great numbers that there are certain things that don't make sense to me, mm -hmm. you know. Because if I think, okay, I'll tell you, I, sometimes I watch this, um, I've forgotten what it's called, but it, it is, it's one of these uh, new stations mm -hmm. where they, they, uh, they have a program where you find that there are three generations yes. and they are all fighting for a four-roomed house. Mm -hmm. And it's not a story that's foreign to any family. It's a story that permeates any other. It could be a normal story for any family. That has changed. Mm. You know, I mean, much has changed in our society. And, and, and I must say that whenever I think of, the, of some of the things that we're talking of, you know, we, we are fighting about, like land reform, you know, somehow for me, part, you know, part of what confuses me is that there are some, so, many more, so many more of us now, you know. So Koheno, if it was in a certain area where this land was only used by the Masikelas, mm -hmm. how many, you know, when we were growing up with you, we thought that we were the only Masikela family. And I came back to South Africa, and there's a whole group of Masikelas, mm -hmm. you know. So how, how, how do you deal with, with that, you know? Uh, uh, because the circumstances are different. The numbers are different. The demography has changed. But Mama, in that whole argument, mm. couldn't we leave the house? And maybe I'm, I'm touching a bit of a nerve with a lot of people out there mm. as they're listening to us. Mm -hmm. Couldn't we leave the house with the one 
who is most likely to use to utilize and and do better with them no because I, the, the you know the thing is the thing does not mean much because you're not doing anything with the house i live here in Midland. but most most of the time also they don't have anywhere else to go you know I mean, you look, I mean, I think that some of the work that some of these stations are doing are fantastic, yes. you know, because the other station I watch is, is the other one about, um, what is it called? Wuelekai. Uh, yeah, Wuelekai, yes. Mm. When the child says, but mama. Kumbulekai. Mama. Yeah. How, how, in all these years that you left me, didn't it ever occur once for you to say, where is my child? Mm -hmm. What were you thinking? And the parent or whatever is always, hi, what, what, what? But, you know, that is, you know, um, they, 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 so what I'm saying is that the, these people with these programs, they're trying to deal with social, with deep social problems. Mm. They're trying to deal with deep social problems of incest, of um, abandonment, of rape, all of that, or, you know. Um, and we're not. We're not. The, 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 we as a as a government, as a people, we are not dealing with that. But we have to first acknowledge where we had come from. Mm -hmm. Have books like this be brought up to the level where the, 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 we acknowledge. Because I'll be honest with you, to everybody who's listening and watching us right now, you, you, you get taken down memory lane. In reading that book, you 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 have faces dotted about remembering your different grandmothers, remembering you know uh, going out to a place like Jericho, uh, you and stuff like that. And that is a life I grew up with because I, I you know I, I I am able to acknowledge where we have come from. I I, I acknowledge. And, and, and it's a beautiful reflection because, in essence, in the book, you actually reflect back at Omar in a very... Mm. Yes, you give what you assumed as a child, mm. but you look back beautifully at it as, you know, this was proper raising and everything else. Yeah, well, I think that the thing is, ultimately... Whatever produces a whole human being is proper raising. Yeah. There's no format for it, you know, for the perfect thing is like this and like this, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, and, and, and she, she, she raised me to be like that, to be tough, you know. She raised me to be able to do for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, she raised me... Uh, I mean, you, you know, we were raised to say that if you didn't succeed in life, then you could always get a job, mm -hmm. even as a maid. Mm -hmm. No, really. Yes. A 
and I can even today if I you know if I had to I could go and work as a domestic worker because I she taught me how to cook she taught me how to clean the house how to do laundry how you know to iron how to you know uh, uh, keep the household humming you know um, yeah and and she taught me how to live with other people mm -hmm. very important how to so live with kids. other people uh, um, yeah, she taught me everything I know, really. In a way, in the book, you speak about how we are a wounded nation. Mm -hmm. One that has, to a great degree, disconnected from its past. Still having a hope for a future, mm -hmm. but has lost its sense about what education means. Mm -hmm. How do we fix that? How do we start to piece it together? I still believe we are still alive with possibilities. We have to. We, we, we have to be alive with possibility because it is our human responsibility to ensure that there is a future. It is just, you, you can't just go through life being an executive at a wherever you know driving your car that is your no 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 you have a human responsibility to make a contribution to some future or the other and we were i was discussing with with some of your your, your staff members about that that uh, you know we south africans what are we doing to ensure that? What are we doing, for instance, in terms of democracy, to see that, you know, this definition, this word that we use so much, that actually in our own lives, we are making sure that it can generate another generation, you know, or of, of, of democratic living, you know. Um, I mean, um, just I don't want to get into present-day politics because that's another story. <laughs> that's another story, yes. But uh, at the same time, you know, I think that the, the thing that has been in the news a lot recently is the question of the the new electoral bill mm. that is still in parliament mm. you know, so i was asking these young people here what what is the view? what are you doing about yes. it first you have a, have a view before mm. you even mm. going to do mm. it what is your view about it about mm. constituency based uh what are they call it, election because it affects you directly yes and it is part of your responsibility mm. You see, I, I have a theory. My theory is that we come from a patriarchal past. Mm -hmm. And in patriarchal society, father does everything for you. You know, father makes the law, father, you know, mm. and you just, you know, do what father does. You know, so, I mean, I know some people can hang me for this, but... Um, you know, uh, 
We have emphasized those things that we have done for society. We've built houses, we've built schools, we have, you know. But my question is, what, what have we done to really strengthen values that are going to ensure that there is a future to our society? Like, like this question of, of accountability. Yes. <laughs> because that is about accountability as far as I'm concerned there, you know. There's some way in which, you know, people I think are increasingly saying uh, uh, they want to be able to choose for themselves. Mm. <laughs> But Mama, we are the, uh, what do they call it, the armchair revolutionaries, mm -hmm. the, the hashtag revolutionaries that, you know, we create the hashtags and we think we've contributed to, what do they call it, to, to, to a cause. Yeah, um, well, I think also, you know, to put it in another way, mm -hmm. we forget mm -hmm. where we come from. We forget that we are living in Africa, mm -hmm. not in Hollywood. You know, not in the movie that we've seen. We are living here in Africa, where it's an unequal society, um, where, you know, the needs that we have uh, are different from the needs that somebody living in New York mm -hmm. has. And I say so, having lived abroad for a for many, many, many years, you know. Uh, um, and I think that th this was the ideal, you know, this was the ideal we were all living for, that mm. we were going to create a society which would include everybody, make sure that everybody lived in dignity. But are we achieving that goal? Are we, are, we, are we still, or we are a ship lost at sea? Without us going into modern-day politics uh, or present-day politics, I think, you know, it's better to be lost, lost in, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> or we're shipwrecked. Yeah, I think that. Mm -hmm. I, look, I think that there should always be hope. You know, I think we should always be hopeful that something dramatic will happen. I love that. Something dramatic. Yeah, but it has to be <laughs> dramatic. dramatic. <laughs> if it's not dramatic, it won't. Because we are really, you know, we are characters in, in, in it. In a story. In a story. Yes. Uh, um, we are all painted on canvases. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, I, I have hope. I have hope in the, in the youth. I really do. I, 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 there are wonderful young people who are mm -hmm. doing, who have achieved so much already. And we, ho we ought to create a space for them so that they can, they, can, they can do something for the country. But they have to create it too. But as an armchair revolutionary, we, we, we are hoping. Remember, we come from a generation where we were raised who were there and they provided and there was that steadfast capability that lay there. 
Um, somebody said, you know, uh, strong men create uh, weak men. You know, he spoke about how his grandfather uh, had a donkey cart and his father had a car and the other one has an SUV and then ultimately yeah, his grandkids. <laughs> you know, that's what you choose. This is what we would say. You see, the, I think that one thing that we can't run away from is that we live in a materialistic society. South Africa has always been a materialistic yes. society with the, the kind of economy that we have, with the kind of um, natural well, resources yes. that, you know. And I think, you know, if, if you, you, you grow up somewhere like, I don't want to call an African country because it will be said that I <laughs> put said. down another country. <laughs> Mara, if you grow up, you know, in South Africa, materialism is in your face. How is it in our DNA? How can't you? It's, it's in our DNA. Yes. How can't you desire a beautiful car yes. and a beautiful house and and uh, you know expensive clothes when they are in your face all the time and they have always been in the face of black people, mm -hmm. particularly. How do you not? Hmm? But Mama, let me ask a very important question here. And, 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 and you go abroad. You live in various cities, London, you know. Um, as the ambassador, you lived in Paris and uh, you lived in New York. You've rubbed shoulders with, you know, uh, famous artists mm -hmm. and everything else. But yet at the same time, your sense of coming home and your groundedness mm. has never left you. In, 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 because in, of the generation I come from. It can't be generational, Mama. Then you are forsaking us. Because then you are saying uh, the, 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 the generation that came after that has no probably anchor points on which it will then redeem itself. Because remember, even Omar and the people that came before that looked at you guys and said, Oh, well, I'll tell you. Aramekeners. Mm. Uh -huh. But, you know, I have to, to tell you something mm. that, you know, one of the things that really helped to shape me personally yes. was living in the United States with African Americans. Okay. And the achievement of those people. And in studying African American history and culture, you know, I, because, you know, in South Africa, we keep it a secret that there was slavery here. Mm. And I believe very much that, 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 that you know, uh, under the circumstances that we live in in a modern world, the, the shift of public education has really moved away from the family into public institutions. Yes. And the fact that you will never see this book, I hope I'm, I'm wrong, but you, you probably will never see it in a classroom. And there are other books because for me to write like this about Omar, I read some history books. Mm -hmm. One of the books that I read was a book called 
this land belongs to us, and it's by um, it's by uh, Peter Delius, mm. a historian. He's a professor emeritus, mm. and you know that book moved me so much. Mm. It made me understand uh, the you know the anguish and the agony, and 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 the the perseverance. Mm. And the the, 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 the the ability of our people to, to think in a way that made it possible for us to be here. Because the horrors, you know, are... are you know, of having gangs at night, mm -hmm. hunting for children to enslave and women and, and things like that, you know. Mm -hmm. But in the same way, my going to school in the United States at college level, mm -hmm. it also, you know, when I saw the, the courage of, of African-American people who were slaves mm -hmm. and the determination. Um, and you know what? It doesn't take people of the same philosophical stripe. It takes a, a you know, a, a Washington, uh, it takes uh, Du Bois, mm -hmm. it takes different kinds of people, you know, that's why you have different movements, you have the Gaviites, you have the yes. people who belong to the uh, NAACP, later on you have the Black Panthers, but all the time there is an evolution, you know, and a growth, but people are lifting themselves up because uh, they don't have anybody to lift themselves up, to lift them up. And, 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 and we need this. We need, to, we need to, to look at our society and see how we can reshape it. We can't reshape it by, by being fathers to our nation. Mm. We have to reshape it by giving people an opportunity to understand that they are also, they have a role to play in that. You can't be raised by a government or a political party. What they have to do is to create institutions where it will be possible for, for, for children at a young age to begin to learn these things, which takes us back what do we have in our communities? Yes. Churches. We have churches, if, which means your church, mm. if, I want, if I start one, and then the, the establishment churches and so on. Mm. But we need institutions. Those institutions, and I think we were speaking about it earlier on when you we were talking about it, was in, mm. uh, uh, I find, and, and as we hire people and, you know, our organization is growing, mm -hmm. and we interview people, I find that there's a big lack of ability to think in a structured manner. Mm -hmm. 
I always say education doesn't give you anything. No. It gives you the ability to think in Absolutely. a structured manner. Mm. Our current education, um, even at university level, mm. does not. Yourself as an educator, where has the pin come off? The, 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 you know, the, 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 we're producing graduates that even in the STEM area, mm. sometimes I sit there and I go, okay, where did the pin come off? It's, what is the disconnect that we have here? Before I even uh, 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 um, interview for authenticity and being able to see, am I talking to the real person or mm. is this one wearing a mask? Mm. Just talking technical, mm. the ability to think in a structured manner. Well, we've never had a structured society. You know, and, and, and we really never had an... You see, we, we, we had to catch up. Uh, and in catching up, and I think this was said by one, some, someone of our politicians about that. We've always lived in a, 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 a dichotomous yes. society. And what, what, what we, everybody talks about the fact that this is a country where there is, it's the highest in inequity, you know. Our Gini coefficient is It's the highest yeah. in the world, you know. And that's where we should start. Because we said earlier, for instance, mm -hmm. maybe not with you earlier, with other people, that, um, you know, you and I can talk about this. Yes. How many, who, who is going to see this? this people like you and me. Yes. They are going to see it. Mm -hmm. how, 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 how does it reach that person somewhere in Amanskral? Mm -hmm. hmm? How? That, that, that is the divide that we, we have. That is the divide that we have. We have trusted too much. But, you know, and, and, and the other thing I want to say is that in reality, in reality, we are not very different from other societies, except that we are not them. We, are, we have a different history. Mm. If you go to many of these first world countries and find out how many people actually vote, mm. you know, whenever, you find that it's very, 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 very low. Mm. But somehow they have devised another means of, 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 of informational uh, control. And awareness. Yeah, that, that makes you know, it possible for more or less for people to have some view. Have a sight of what, yeah, what, yeah, what this yeah, government yeah, is all yeah. about. And we are not like them. So we have to devise our own way. And the other thing is that, uh, um, you know, when you, you, you go to, okay, let me put it this way. Mm -hmm. what, what country do we have as an example? 
in Africa. Because you can't, you, you, you're part of the human, you're part of the human race. Mm. So you must always look at yourself in relation to other people who are part of the human race. Yes. Do, I, do we look at ourselves in terms of our comparability to a Tanzanian, a Kenyan, a Rwandan, mm-hmm. an Egyptian, or rather we see, we compare ourselves to others. We see ourselves differently, Mama. Mm-hmm. Remember, we, 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 we are the people who talk about going into Africa. Mm-hmm. That's Flying out of Johannesburg, mm-hmm. that's the, the phrase. Uh, you, you, you know, we, our language in itself tells you mm-hmm. our great disconnect. Mm-hmm. Uh, we say, no, I'm going into Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody was introducing themselves today and they said to me, they've been to 12 countries in Africa. And, and I thought, okay, I'm not going to touch that, but it's, we're going into Africa. Mm-hmm. This is not Africa. Mm-hmm. And that's the disconnect we sit with. Mm-hmm. Now that brings me to an important, uh, 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 what do they call it, a, a, a conversation. And the conversation of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And the role of storytelling. And the role that, what do they call it, that, you know, grandmothers play on, and, and what do they call it, and the elderly in, in, in every family play mm-hmm. in this storytelling. I find that we've lost the art of storytelling. We've lost the art of story, but we're not the only ones because they have, uh, there are other things that have replaced storytelling, you know, like Movango and, uh, you know, th- those are the stories that we, and others, not, you know, I'm yeah. just mentioning yes, just that. Yeah, 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 but, um, but, 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 but for instance, yeah. take for instance this book. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you went to Harare tomorrow or to Lusaka, yes. you can't buy it. They don't know I've written that book. They probably will never know. How long does it take for me to, to be able to buy a book by a Nigerian author? Mm-hmm. And where do I read about it? I read about it from the New York Times and the Financial Times that I probably subscribe to, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's something, you know, the efforts have been made. I, I, I don't think it's been altogether a loss game mm-hmm. because, you know, for one thing, we're having this conversation. There were things that were very influential. I think one of the things that was Wonderful was the Festac Festival. You remember? Yes. We need those things. We need shows like that. Yeah, yeah. We need uh, festivals. We need to exchange. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing is that it will not only be an inter-African exchange, but it will be from the other places in the world because whether we like it or not, we are interconnected now. But there is a world of the African diaspora. Yes. And I'm sure we know very little about that. No, Mama, when I, when I lived in when I lived in England, 
one of the strangest things I found was that um, explaining to people up in York uh, about where South Africa is, I still remember with, 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 with some of the people I had traveled with, mm. and when we were in the office and, you know, we're trying to explain to people where we come from, the first day we showed them the picture of the Golden Mile in Devon. Mm. They couldn't believe that that's literally a kilometer away from our office here locally in South Africa. And they said, is that South Africa? I mean, that's the one bit. But the best thing is, at that, in that part of the, of the world, I was probably one of the two South Africans that lived there. In that northern part of England, South Africans generally, by their nature, we've never been people that travel. The people that actually were, went overseas were more mm -hmm. on an exiled basis, like mm -hmm. yourselves and uh, the many others. But South Africa. You know what I tell people like they have yeah. been to Paris, London, and what? And then you always find taxi drivers from all over the world, <laughs> not from here. You won't run into a South African. No, that's true. That, that that one is true. All over the world, you no. won't run. So, but we can be taxi drivers here. We don't need to go to another country to be a taxi driver. That is the thing. <laughs> you know, there, there's a way in which, you know, our country is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's such a kind country weather-wise, too. And um, the food here tastes good, yes. you know. Um, the, the landscapes are marvelous, you know. There's a way in which South Africa is really, even to the poorest of the poor, you know, you, South Africa is such a beautiful uh, uh, um, homey place, mm. you know. Uh, and in a way, I think that we don't easily want to go on an adventure anyway. <laughs> That's beautiful then, Mama. I think it's a, the, the ability to be able to acknowledge that as a country, we, we lack, you know, except for us being able to get people out of poverty and, you know, the, the people who are lower down. Mm -hmm. But in earnest, it, this is a beautiful country. It is. It it's is absolutely. a beautiful... It, it's a and the people are beautiful. Yes. The people are beautiful and... You know, they're, they're so, and you know, the thing is, there just is no country like this, mm -hmm. you know, there just mm -hmm. isn't. And it, it's, it's, and I think that's why uh, we should try so much harder to, 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 to be with it, yes. you know. Get our act together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mama, I want to move to what do they call it? The role of storytelling in mental incredible stories here mm -hmm. that have been written by you. Um, from we, we did a very naughty thing. We went around to go and find people who you've raised. Um, but, you know, somebody wrote here, um, I think it was... Charlotte, the High Commissioner to Singapore. Mm -hmm. She says, your memoir, Poli Poli, is a reminder that until uh, the lion learns to read and write, every story would, in the jungle would glorify the hunter. Now, 
And, and, and that's an important part. And that just the beauty of the story is that it transcends easily from family to struggle, uh, to the diplomacy, uh, without losing yourself in the process. It, it's a beautifully written, uh, 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 what are they <laughs> Now, you've raised a lot of, probably a lot of the high commissioners that we've spoken to, they come from your hands. Being able to give and, 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 and being able to raise a nation that gives, how do we do that? And when you saying give, people tend to think money, this. I'm talking about giving time. You have to be taught to do that. And, you know, um, my brother and I always talked about how lucky we are mm -hmm. to come from our family because... We were not a wealthy family, you know, but most of my uncles and aunts were social workers and so on, you know, and nurses and... Uh, um, but I think that it was from the great tradition of my grandfather being a Lutheran missionary, mm -hmm. you know, evangelist, yes. you know. and that they really valued a, a education. You know, all the Masekela brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. except the youngest ones, went to teach at the Masekela school. Mm -hmm. Because my, my, my grandfather had set up a school called the Masekela school, and every one of them taught there. Yes. And every one of the older ones took care mm -hmm. of the younger ones. So there was no child in the family who was not educated by, you know, the older brother or the older sister. And um, they also adopted a lot of people. So our family is very well loved and known, you know, for, 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 for that, for, for, for being a haven for children and so forth. And that's how we were raised. I tell people that when we lived in Alexander, hey, I remember very few occasions when I slept alone. Yes. There was always somebody in the bed with me. Yes. Because my mother was a social worker, so there were always children, maybe because she couldn't find a place to put them for the night or for a few weeks. They would stay at home and we would give them our old clothes. And so, so, and all my uncles and aunts were like that, you know, um, we just grew up like that. Some of my closest friends mm. are children, are people who were mentored by my aunt, like my aunt in Natal, who was a nurse there, you know. And, uh, and I don't think that my family was the only one that was like that. I think educated families usually assisted the community. And, the, and, and I think most African families, they, they had people who were not blood relatives, but who grew up in the family. You know, and, and that's how I grew up. I grew up with aunts, my mother's cousins, my father, you know. There, there were always people, you know. Uh, I don't remember us being like a nuclear yes. family, you know. So you, you, you get taught those things. And, and of course, 
we cannot recreate the past, but what we can do, and I've said it already, is that we can create institutions that mimic those learning, you know, examples. Yes. And you, you know, okay, I'll give you an example. For instance, when I was in high school, I went to school in Inanda. Mm -hmm. And then when I came home on the holidays, I used to go to Velka Sprade Fellowship Center okay. in, 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 in Melders Drift. Melders Drift, yes, down here. For two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. I'd go there and I'd be with other older students from other institutions, mostly universities and institutions like churches and so on. And we would live there. In America, every year in summer, the children go to summer camps mm. and they meet other children from other places, you know, mm. uh, and they play together, they debate together, they eat together, you know, they fight together, you know. We do not have that. We do not have social, the only socializing institutions we have is the church, school, maybe initiation, school, I don't yes. know. But can you tell me what, what socializing institutions we have in the townships? We do not have a sense of community anymore. Charlotte writes on, she says, this is a good contribution to what I call her story. Changing the gender, the gender narrative. We always hear about how he did this and he did that. And, uh, he, he, and, and, and though there, there's never a she. Incredible. For many years, uh, we erased women from the annals of history. And we have lacked writers that have spoken about. Thank you. That's lovely. <laughs> that, but you know what a friend of mine said? Mm -hmm. They said, uh, he's a man actually, passed mm -hmm. away. He said, um, you know, uh, there's nothing that pleases writers like being praised. <laughs> and that writers should be praised, praised. for their work. <laughs> it, it, it takes a lot to write. I, I, you know, with, with me writing blogs and all sorts of things, I mean, it's a one, two pager. By the time you're done, you're spent so that you could actually express yourself in that manner. And everybody says, wow, this is so beautifully written. And <laughs> that's what you get. And, 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 and it is an important part. Going back to mentoring and coaching, mm. and uh, I, uh, me and you, Mama, will talk until the cows come home, and they are beginning to come home. Mm -hmm. I want to check the questions online, and what do we have? Uh, oh, it's already that time, <laughs> my goodness. Uh, so... No, we don't have any questions as yet uh, online. Sometimes when, when, when the guys are, what do they call it, are, are, are listening to this so heavily, they tend to, you know, space out completely mm -hmm. so that they can listen rather than trying to uh, formulate, see, question. formulate questions. <laughs> um, and, I'm, and, 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 and I'd say the, the, the messages we've received are just incredible. Really? Uh, Somebody has just written here, we have a responsibility to contribute uh, to, to, you know, uh, 
to the future Absolutely. and that's what they're taking away from uh, from from all of this mm. and 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 that's an incredible uh, one um, I think they're still coming uh, normally when I say okay let me check the question that's when everybody starts typing and then I don't want it done. now the, the, everybody looks up and he says Barbara Masikera and sometimes they don't make the connection you know who your older brother mm -hmm. uh, is and I, I, I can't talk about Brahu as was because mm -hmm. I listened to his music <laughs> and for the first time I, I what do they call it I understand uh, they what do they call it as he sings as, as and he says there's a train that comes from such a place and uh, he says now I understand where the context come from in the song and and uh, you know what grazing in the grass is all about and and everything else but a lot of people sometimes don't make the connection but the incredible bit of, of the fact that you having an older brother from when he was young who took care of you mm -hmm. <laughs> And, and and who told you stories mm. and you know uh, when he used to do a lot of uh, jazz shows down in Devon I had happened to be in order they call it in one of his tents when he was there he's an incredible storyteller mm. it's like you'd yeah. sit with him you'd be laughing the entire time mm. but you know the role that he played in your life is an important one it's absolutely. not one we can, we can do away with. absolutely my brother played a and after, first of all, he was my best friend, yeah. and he was my first friend, you know, yeah. because from literally from he was two years older, so he was always in my life. Yeah. But one thing that a lot of people don't know him is that he was an incredibly, he was very intelligent. Yeah. He had a very, very high IQ, yeah. and he he was. Um, a very he he thought on his feet you know and uh, he you would say a word and then he will just turn it and make it into a joke you know um, and it would take you a while to understand you'd think it's literal and then you'll realize you know I mean he was very clever that yeah. way but he was also a very serious person my brother he read books and he had a very agile mind mm. and from time to time I would talk to him about politics we would uh, and he would educate me about like for instance I at one time I was talking to him about Cameron the yes. Prime Minister of, um, of, 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 uh, of of England and he told me a whole thing that I had, I, would, I had no clue you know yes. he had a very 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 acute mind yes. you know uh, um, and he, but best of all, he, he was so humorous yeah. and uh, um, he had a sense of humor that was sharp and strong. And, uh, but I think the thing that I remember most about him is that he was not afraid of anything mm -hmm. or anyone. And I mean it, no one. He was afraid of no one or nothing. Yeah. And that often got him into trouble, you know. And that's where I would save him, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, and I, I, 
I genuinely liked his music, and whenever he made a record, he would arrange that we should take a drive so he can play the demo mm. for me. And he knew when I didn't like it. Oh. Yeah. We knew each other very well, yes. you know. But he, he valued, he valued my... Your advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, my brother was so generous. He should have been a multi-multi-million. He gave away all his money. He just couldn't help it. He would never buy you a bouquet of flowers, but he would go to the florist and bring a box full of flowers, and you'd say, the first thing you'd think is, oh, God, where am I going to put all these things, Hugh? You know? My brother was generous to a fault, you know. Uh, uh, no, he was a wonderful, wonderful man. Another one of you, of, of the people you've mentored. And, and, and for me, what I love about this is not just about the book. It's about genuinely being grateful for your contribution to what they call it, uh, to this nation. Vuiswa um, Tulelo writes, Mama Babra, we celebrate you. We celebrate who you are, what you stand for, and made possible for us. Mm. From the heart of, of, of the West to the soul of the East, your voice is echoed through, uh, uh, through us. And that's beautiful, that. Yes. That's, that's, that's beautiful. And, 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 and we said to is the South African ambassador to, to Vietnam. So not only have you touched people who <laughs> were in, you know, in the areas where everybody recognizes, mm. but, you know, the singer You know what my brother used to value? Because he used to go on tour performing. Yes. And when he performed in the United States, he would always meet my former students. Yes. And they would come to him and say that I was in Professor Masekela's class. And she was so strict, and, and he just loved it. So whenever yeah. he came, he would come with, you know, uh, somebody he had met uh, that I had taught. That you had taught. And he was so proud. Mm. The impact you've given to the world is incredible, Mama. Um, a, 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 a message from Ruleta Albelo. The South African uh, Council General to Munich. She said, to "How Munich to Munich? Mm -hmm. Yes." She says, "How fortunate are we to stand on the great shoulders like yours and drink from a well so rich? When we read about you, it becomes so clear that our pasts have long been cleared by women like you." Thank you, Mama. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Mm. This is incredible, and 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 and, and it is. I think it, to me, my worry is that we're not celebrating those that came before us. While they're still alive, while they, you know, we uh, Africans have this thing that they've acquired of building these big monuments, post people uh, passing away and putting a heck of a tombstone. I still say, let us acknowledge the, what do they call it, the, uh, the work of those who have you know, cleared the path, as Ruleta says here. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an incredible um, message that uh, comes from there. Mama, as I said, me and you, we can talk until the cows come home. <laughs> Even you didn't notice that the two hours had passed. And I am, I am, I am eternally grateful 
first and foremost, let me thank you. Thank let you. me thank you personally for your contribution, not only from the struggle, but the continued activism that you've carried. I know you always claim that you are you, you you've retired, but yeah. I know you will never <laughs> retire. <laughs> you will never retire. You are always available to us uh, to do all of this, mm -hmm. and 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 for us, we are eternally grateful. For me personally, is this is an incredible book, an incredible book that I could glean my own personal story, a story that goes beyond you know uh, the, the the just the immediate areas of of the mines in, in, in Vedbank, but going up to Mukhaneng where my great-grandfather's land lies and uh, those areas there just beyond Siabuswa, mm -hmm. it, is, it, is, it, 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 it brings a tapestry and an incredible colorful story that then allows us to be able to say, how do we tell the story? You've created a manuscript for us and that manuscript then allows us to be able to build on it. I am still hoping that I will get another book before <laughs> in the next few what do they call it in the next few uh, 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 you know years or so. And I know you say you've retired. You write when you what do they call it when you want to. We are eternally grateful for you. All that's left for me is for me to do what we normally do at this point in time: is pay the bills and have gratitude. Be grateful for not only those who raised us, but be grateful for the, all the women of this country. It is in those words and in those words alone I say, from me, Khobe, Mutukwa, Mutwa Serata Saradim Baneng, Urata Serata Gangwana Atsola Fela, Tlaul Tebeil, Litebelele Kwankweta, Mutwa Utlaka Khomu Ajamutu. I thank you.